Good everyone, this is Rita Join and welcome to the Unbox Your Gift podcast, how to turn a passion into a profession. Today's episode is all about the final element of emotional intelligence, which is social skills. And I want to preface it by telling you the story. So I was reading a, a research paper on emotional intelligence and there was this kid at school who uh, was being picked on. He wanted to play a sport and the you know, there was a bully or the one that was really good at the sport said, what, you're playing a sport? Like, you're going to play this game with us? And he's like, yeah. And he goes, oh my God, you're so fat. You're not going to be able to run. Number two, you're not going to be able to catch the ball. And number three, like, why are you even bothering? And this kid who's probably 14, 15 at the time said to this bully, you know what? You're so right. You know, I can't run fast, which is why I'm going to be looking at you to see how you run. I don't even know how to throw the ball, which is really not an advantage but the best thing about it is I've got someone like you to show me how to do that and I'm doing this because when I watch you it inspires me to want to play so I'd love I'd love to be able to play here being alongside you now what happened in this situation is then the bully goes oh okay well you're going to want to do this when you when you get the ball you're going to want to dribble it like this and then throw it like that and what it had done it had disarmed the bully and that's a technique. That's a technique. And sometimes it's called be the fog. And what that means is when someone hurls a, a whole lot of, you can't do it. Well, that's stupid. What are you thinking about? You don't, you have like a bubble around you. You don't take in what they say, but you were validated to the extent that this kid wanted to play the game. And if he let this bully get in the way, well, he's not going to be able to have a good time playing the game. So what he chose to do very smartly, which is emotional intelligence, is to disarm him by saying, you know what, I can't. I can't run as fast as you. And you know what, I've never even played the game and I haven't even dribbled the ball. I don't even know how to play. But you do. And I'd love to know how you do it. And I'd love to learn from you because by you seeing you play, I get inspired and I want to be on the field. And that disarmed the, the, the other person to, so, to either let go of picking, 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 or come back and, and show you how to do it. And that's just an example of what you want to be doing. And say in an argument, say in a disagreement, it's not about you saying what they're doing is correct. But if what you need to do, if what you need to get to requires this person to calm down, telling the teacher wasn't gonna, isn't going to help because it's just going to make matters worse for this kid you know, the, he's going to get his, all these friends to pick on him. And, you know, just it, the kid won't be able to play with the opportunity to just be. So what he does, so what you do in fact, is you just disarm the person by saying, you know what, maybe I'm not that organized. Maybe I'm not that great. Maybe I'm not as old as you. Maybe I'm not as young as you, but you know, you've got this, you've got that ability. You could teach me a thing or two. That is what it is. And that's what's called a strategy called be the fog. Where in the fog, when you throw things and it's, it's foggy, you can't really see what's being thrown because it's like hidden in the mist. It's the same situation scenario in that someone's throw hurling stuff at you, but you're not accepting it. You're just kind of letting it lay there and saying, you know what? That is exists. That exists. But here's what would be great about it. Now that's an example of a social skill, a strategy for you to get what you want without having to give into the stress, the overwhelm, the anxiety of someone else trying to strut their stuff around you. But that's what it means to have social skills. And that's just one strategy. It doesn't mean that you, you need to deploy that. 
but it's a way in which, and this, this article used this kid as an example of what a smart guy to do that. I mean, at the end of the day, he got to play the game and then he got this bully to show him how to make the moves, how to use the, his skills to be able to get the most out of the game. And that's what you want to be able to do. And that's what I think is, is quite profound. I mean, it's easier said than done in the moment. I mean, take, for example, if your husband, you know, hurls a lot of like a shopping list of you can't do this and you can't do that. You know, it, it takes a lot of self-regulation <laughs> to, to want of a better word to just go, you know what? Maybe I didn't get the, maybe I am disorganized, but then again, you are, and you can just give me some clues as to what would be the first best next step first best next step what would be the best step number one number two number three you know maybe you know i don't agree with that i don't agree that the fact that i'm not always on time there are days where i'm not on time but there are days when i am on time but i know if i can stick to creating this writing this book i'm going to make myself write these deadlines do you, but do you see what i'm saying i'm giving an example through a story of how social skills is optimized when there's a challenge present the other thing is learning from your mistakes. Uh, one of the things that I try and do every single morning or at least in the evening, I, buy, I try and do it at least once a week. If not, well, if I can remember to do it more, I do it more. So I'm guilty of this, is learning from your mistakes. And what that means is evaluating the day. What did I do right? What did I do? Like, what did I not do correctly? Like the other day I was at the gym and I was on fire. Like I had done eight Ks and I was like feeling like I had, like I was, I was in the, my zone. And then when I finished and I was stretching, I was listening to this music, this type of music that, you know, it was like, like it was just making me pumped up even more. I could go for another two Ks, but I didn't cause I had to leave. But I was listening to this music and as I'm walking out the door, I'm just like listening to this in the zone and I feel great because I've done eight Ks and I'm like, you know, feeling really confident and really good, right? And I'm walking out the door and I open the door of the gym and it slams behind me because it's an automatic door. It slams behind me and I'm listening. And as in the periphery of my vision, as I'm walking down the stairs, I can see that there was a guy probably not far away from me that I thought to myself, oh my goodness, I could have held the door for this person. I mean, that was so, he probably thought I just slammed the door. Enough. I wasn't, I was just so into my music. I was just so into my zone that I got to the gym and I did my 8Ks and I was feeling fine. And I had done all my things that I needed to do that day. So I was feeling really good. But I felt like I felt terrible because I opened the door and then five seconds later, the door opens behind me and there was this guy walking out. I'm like, I could have held the door open for this guy out of courtesy and just kindness. And that's an example of me in that day thinking about that, having made that mistake because I was just so in my own zone. I wasn't aware of the people around me. I'd finished exercising. I could have at least just, and I now am more aware. So for me, having just reflected on that day and thought, you know, I could have just held that door open for the God, I sound like a broken record. But the point is learning from your mistakes. And the bigger point is reflection. I find reflection is something that's so not spoken about. Reflection is the one thing that allows us not to wake up in five years time, five months time, five days time and go, what am I doing with myself? Why is this not working out? And it's because we lack, it's just a go, 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 go and keep going. And did you go again? Go again world that we just don't stop to reflect and reflect just means 
going back into your day and seeing what you did right, what you didn't do, what could you improve, what you did wrong, what was not feeling correct, what do you need to tweak? That's reflection. And that's allowing you to optimize the next day and the next year and the next decade. That's what allows us to do. Now, for me to reflect on that, what that means is I stopped allowing it to eat at me because I was feeling really bad about that. And I said, I acknowledge what I did was wrong. I acknowledge I was in my head too much and I'm not going to allow that to happen again. But if I had not reflected on it, I would have, that, that, that movie image of my periphery vision, seeing that guy walk out of the gym, I would have gone, oh my God, that was so terrible of me. That was so unkind of me. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. That's really mean of me. I would have, every time I ever thought about it, it would have popped up into my mind on automatic pilot. I would have had those thoughts. But I'm sharing that with you because of how I'm learning from these things. Then the next thing is apologizing. Apologizing doesn't always mean that you're wrong. Apologizing means that you value the relationship more than in your ego. That you value the relationship more than your ego. In fact, that's what it always means. And if you, if you think of anything that you find important in any relationship, you will find that. Um, it doesn't mean that always that you're wrong. It's just you want to be the better person. You want to be the more emotionally intelligent person. You want to be the most conscious person or God conscious person to be able to extend that olive leaf to, to value what it is, what is that relationship more than anything else. Um, and then lastly is mindfulness. Mindfulness is, if you've ever seen that meme of, a person walking down the park with their dog and the title is mindfulness and there's a bubble and the human that's walking down the dog, his mindfulness is about thinking about where he parked the car, what he's got to do tonight, what he's got to make for dinner, what he's got to uh, do when he gets home, what's, what's, a, what's due for work tomorrow. And then the, they show the bubble of what the dog is thinking in that moment, walking down the park with his human. And the dog is just thinking about, oh, look at that tree, there's a grass. Like that's the difference between mind being full of the human and mindfulness of the dog just thinking about what exists in their present moment at that time. And that's a skill. Oh my God, that's a skill that I'm still working on myself just to be mindful. But one of the things that keeps me to, to allowing myself to be mindful is checking into in my upper limit. And the upper limit is your brain can only feel good, love, peace, harmony, happiness for a certain period of time before it hits its limit of how much good it can feel before it brings in a memory of worry, of anxiousness, of something of the future that you need to do. And that twirls you into a spiral of, oh my goodness. And that's purely because the brain is thinking, I think we've had enough good time. And your job and my job is to extend the limit of how much good happiness, joy the brain can feel and to interrupt that memory that comes in of worry, of anxiousness, of fear and acknowledge it's only a thought and bring us back down to the present moment and ask ourselves what's coming through me. And that's what I do to practice mindfulness. It's not the best thing, but it's great because it works for me in the day to day. In what I say, it's not the best thing because when people say mindfulness, it's like meditation. But when I do that during the day, it brings me back to earth. It brings me back to that present moment. So to elaborate on further what social skills are, it's like participating equally, resolving conflicts, following directions, active listening. Active listening, oh my God. I remember when I used to work for a newspaper and I used to be doing training there, I used to say to them, the biggest you know, professions 
such as psychologists, counselors, coaches, doctors, um, so many of these professions, the number one reason why people see them is just, I need someone to listen to me. Listening is such a huge profession because there's so little of it. And the best thing to know is, do you actively listen? And actively listen to me doesn't, to my, in my definition and how I've interpreted it, is not listening and waiting for the person to finish to give a reply, but just listening and holding that space for that person to get it off their chest. And that's the difference between active listening and listening to give a reply. Or that's the difference between active listening and just hearing what the person is saying. And so there's a difference between that. So I just, I just wanted to stop at that because it's such a huge need. And why do therapists and, and psychologists and why are they all, because people just want to just like, I just need to talk. I just need to get this off my chest. In Dari, in my background, in my tradition, we have this saying, and I hope it translates okay, that the poison that a human being has in terms of, you know, the, the struggles, Okay. It's just the poison is just a metaphor. The poison that a one person has is usually healed by another human being that a poison, a human being's poison is healed by another human being. And that's a metaphor. And it's a, probably a really bad translation of what it is. But what it means is any experience of struggle or challenge that you're facing, it usually can be helped by just the ear or the presence of another human being. Like that's usually sometimes all it takes is just someone to really listen. Asking for help, getting needs met, appropriate ways to get along with others, making friends, developing healthy relationships, protecting yourself, interacting harmoniously, verbal and nonverbal ways for asking for help, accepting differences, apologizing, patience, responsible behavior, communicating clearly, complimenting others, taking turns, sharing materials, staying on task. All of these things are about social skills. And the best thing about social skills, it's learning to get along with someone else. It's just learning to get along with others, despite differences, despite different age, despite um, different tastes in political parties, despite different tastes in religion, despite different tastes in, in professions, despite tastes in socioeconomic backgrounds. It makes no difference. But the more you're able to engage at different levels, the greater your depth and your bandwidth of being emotionally intelligent, because now you can understand how to relate to anyone in any category, in any age, rather than just these people who relate to your interests. And that just requires emotional intelligence. How do you do that? Be the fog, learn from your mistakes, apologize, reflect, and be mindful. Those are just some of the strategies in which we can gauge our emotional social skills. So guys, that ends the five weeks or the five elements of the emotional intelligence. We looked at self-awareness, self-regulation, empathy. We looked at social skills in this episode. And the last one was motivation. So what I want to do uh, moving forward is I'd like to invite you to come onto the podcast with me. If you've been listening to my podcast, then there are things in these podcast sessions and episodes that really resonate with you. And I'd like to take you to increase your ability to relate, your ability to participate equally, which is all about social skills. And I would like to give you a turn 
in being live on the podcast with me and to work out specifically what your next step is, whether it's what your passion is, whether it's to working out, should I take career A or career B, whether it's, I just don't know what to do. I've got so many choices, whether it's, I don't know whether to start a business or to go for my next promotion, whether to change countries. I can, I want to be able to help to take your passion and turn it into a profession or even to unearth what your passion is. If that's something that you would like to do and you'd like to have me help you do that and find that, then please email me at reader at unboxyourgift.com. Once you do, you'll get an application form that just kind of tells me where you're at. And then so once we get on the call, you, we can just hit the ground running. And that's available. Usually I, I've mentored in the past and I've coached in the past and I've charged, but this is an availability to do it for free so that by you sharing what you want to do with your life and how you want to find your passion, someone else is going to see themselves in you. Someone else is going to find their journey through you. Someone else is going to find their answers through your journey, through your specific way that you want to do something. And I'd love to be able to really broadcast your voice, be able to give voice or give volume to your voice on this platform. And by doing so, not only are you helping yourself find your passion and turn that into a profession, but more importantly, and what, what the bad add on value that you may not know is that someone else is going to see themselves in you and that's going to heal them. That's going to really, and what I mean by heal, it's just going to help them with their journey. It's going to like, What's the word, what I'm looking for? It's just going to pave the gaps. It's going to just like fill those gaps for someone else. And that's what's going to be so powerful. Not only are you going to find your passion, turn into a profession, you're going to help someone else do this. So that's just pretty sweet. And that's just increasing social skills. Social skills is getting out of your own way to be able to help someone else. And this is allowing getting out of your own way. So if you're shy, if you're an introvert, if you're not sure, then we can do things to cover up if you don't want anyone to know your name. There's nothing wrong with knowing your name. I mean, there's nothing private we're going to be talking about. It's all open in the air what, what, what the conversation is. But if you want to keep things private, we can certainly do that. It's all just about you getting to your goal. That's really what it is about. And helping someone else by listening to you get to theirs. So if that resonates, let me know. Rita at unboxyourgift.com. And then we will uh, set a time up and that's going to be very exciting. That's going to be very exciting, everybody. I'm so excited about that. All right. So thank you so much, guys. I hope this has been a value for you. I hope these five elements of social emotional intelligence have been valuable to you. I hope the exercises and the implementation, because I've at each episode, I've tried to put what you, how you can implement it, not just give you, this is what it is, but how to implement it and a story that backs it up so that you see how I'm implementing it for myself, how it can be done in different ways and how you can actually do it right now without having to um, just listen to this episode without having uh, something, a bite-sized way to actually put it into practice. So guys, as always, I want to thank you so sincerely for your time, for your attention at each and every episode. I truly appreciate it. And I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. And wherever you are in the world, whatever you're doing, my advice to myself and to you is that life is a gift and together let's unbox it. God bless. <laughs>